Hi, I'm Anthony Giorgio, host and producer of Queer Teen Podcast. Queer Teen Podcast encourages the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. Listen, learn, and love as you get to know the next queer youth leaders of the world. Queer Teen Podcast celebrates, elevates, and narrates how the LGBTQ plus community uses our voices to tell our stories. You can find Queer Teen Podcast on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else to get your podcasts. And please, please, please subscribe today. And don't forget to listen, learn, and love. Some good friends, friends of mine, talk to them all the time. Some good friends on my show, who are they? Soon you'll know. Hello, and welcome back to Some Good Friends for another week. It's, uh, what's, oh, I didn't even think of anything to talk about. This is a huge blunder on my part. Um, vaccines are coming. Uh, we have our eligibility dates. I'm excited. Get that jab in my arm as long as it's Pfizer because I want to be cool. Uh, I'm gonna, if they try and give me any of that other uncool shit, then I'm going to be like, no, thank you, and storm out of the pharmacy because uh, I want to be able to post my card on TikTok and have it say Pfizer. <laughs> is that a thing or is, that, is it just a thing in my head that there's one that's cooler? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, hopefully I'll find out soon when I do get a needle in my arm and then feel tired for a day. We're, we're not here to talk about my own issues with needles or vaccines or that kind of thing. We're here to talk to friends of mine. Let's start, um, with the first one. Please welcome to the show, Wendy West. Welcome, Wendy. Oh, hi, Stefan. So good to see you. It's been ages. It's been a while. Um, tell me about what you're up to these days. Yeah, I can't remember when it was that I, I spoke to you last, but um, I've I've recently, I've spent the last couple of months working at a new place uh, downtown Montreal called the, the Grown Up Place. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. I, I have heard of it. It's I've seen it on Cult MTL. I've seen it on MTL blog. I've seen it on Instagram, the Instagram for both of those blogs. Um, yeah, we did. We did actually, we did spend a lot of money Um mm having some some people come and try out the the place so that they could plug us and, and now I think it's been really it's really successful um, so I've been working as the prop manager there um, well, what do they, what do they do at the at the grown-up place because if I think about what I associate with being a grown-up it's having to constantly clean your kitchen it's having to pay rent every month it's having to file your own taxes instead of your dad doing them is this the kind of things we do at the grown-up place well yeah it's really interesting that you asked that actually because oh, I you. I, I th- I'd say that we have two main um, kinds of clientele. Um, there's there's all of the there's a lot of people before their thirtieth birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, people who are reckoning with like, oh my gosh, I thought I w- would have done this by the time I was a grown up, but 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 before I was thirty, and I feel like I need to get it done, otherwise, like I'm gonna have a terrible thirtieth birthday. So there's also a lot of like fortieth birthdays, the, the, you know, the big milestone birthdays. Mm-hmm. There's also lots of people who are trying to live out their their childhood dreams of what they okay. thought they would be able to be when they were grown up. So um, I hope that when you were a kid, Stefan, that you weren't dreaming of adulthood as being getting to do your own taxes and doing the dishes without being asked 
I mean, that is not what I was dreaming, although I would never judge any child for dreaming those things. Of if course. If that's what they believe in, if that's what they want, then uh, why would any child not get what they want? I'm. It, this might be controversial, but I'm pro-children uh, having dreams. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like, whatever those dreams are. <laughs> whatever they may be, I believe that children should have should have those dreams. Now, so from my understanding, the grown-up place is somewhere where you can go and I guess this is exactly what you just said, and I'm recapping to make sure that I understand, is that you go and you can you you, you provide a scenario for the client uh, yes. to, to live out. Yeah, so what I, I guess what I didn't um, what I didn't say is like this is not like it's not exactly like an escape room or something like mm. that where you just pay a ticket and it's a one-off thing. Um, it's a full-scale production depending on the size of the dream of people's versions of adulthood that we're, that we're trying to put into place. But, I mean, some of them are really, really detailed and um, we have, like, it's like a huge theatre production and oh. the cost can be anything up to, you know, a couple of thousand dollars. It's like what you might spend to, to go on an international holiday, for example, except this time you're travelling into your own imagined future. Mm. Okay, and 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 is this like a a VR thing? Do I strap on goggles and sit in a chair and and pretend that I'm <laughs> somewhere, or or is no? It this more... is this is pretty retro. This is like oh. this is full. This is not virtual reality. This is like set design. We have actual props. Okay. Yeah, I think I I think one of the the what interesting one you might find uh, interesting mm-hmm. given your given your um what you thought adulthood was going to be about or yeah. is about yeah. um, is uh, there was one I had to do a couple of weeks ago where someone just really wanted matching cutlery and matching crockery mm. in their kitchen of course. Um, because they felt like, you know, when you graduate from being a student and you have your own place, they, they wanted to have their own house and they wanted like no errant spoons and forks in their cutlery drawer. Mm. Um, and so what did you have to put together for this scenario? I tried to avoid going to Ikea um, to source all of the crockery. And I mean, that would have been obviously to keep costs down. Like that would have been a really mm-hmm. easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like when you're a student, you everyone goes to Ikea. That's true. Um, and so I, uh, I ended up like going to a lot of deceased estates. Um, I don't, is that, to, is that what, what you call them? What, what did you <laughs> Um, you can probably tell by my accent that I didn't grow up in this country. Uh, yeah, uh, but what did you say? I said deceased estates. De- deceased estates? Yes. Oh, like estate sales. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Ah, uh, the the sale of a person's possessions after they have become deceased. Yes. Uh, what do okay. you call them? We call them estate sales, I guess. Okay. Yeah, uh, so I went to a lot of estate sales and found like, amazing you know like complete sets of vintage crockery and Mm. um, silver which you know is great for um, sourcing props Um, and could put together like really complete kitchen sets from you know people who had collected these things and there were like heirloom um, heirloom silver crockery yeah we we say heirloom here as well so so that was actually really fun it was a simple one sometimes um, they're much more like high and mighty when you know well people... I, I mean it, it it sounds simple on the surface but it seems like you made it a lot more complicated than it needed to be it sounded like you were sourcing multiple sets of silverware uh did you did you kind of throw them all at the at the wall and well i mean it's important that you have uh you have your 
the dinner set that you use. Mm-hmm. But I mean, some people have this view that in order to like be an adult and yeah. have, I mean, this is not necessarily a view I subscribe to, but that you, you have special China and you have like special dinner set. I think this is mm. a very kind of outmoded right. view, but for some people it's really important. Right. Um, hence the multiple sets. Okay. Okay. And, and so you did mention that you do some that are a little bit more elaborate. Uh, what's an example of what's the, I guess the, the, what's the one that costs multiple thousands of dollars max there was a child um it was like before his 15th birthday uh he really wanted to experience what it was like to be an astronaut Um, this is a pretty common like Mm -hmm. you know it's it's a pretty common um kind of kid's dream i think in fact it's one that i relate to um and yeah coming up with a believable kind of experience of what it would be like to be on a Mm -hmm. space station uh, that was really, really difficult. I'm assuming that you did not send this child into space. We did not send him okay. into space. Okay, there was a pause there. I thought for a second maybe <laughs> you did. I was like, how did you do that for only a couple thousand dollars? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we definitely, we didn't. And I think that one was probably, yeah, I have some regrets about that because it's really hard to generate, like, the sense of not being, like, being anti-gravity. Well, yeah, um, how did you, how did you do this? Well, I mean, we just, we used a lot of mirrors to try and change his perception of the space. But to be honest, like, I think we, we kind of over, I think we may have like overcommitted and maybe we should have just been, he he was very generous. um, Mm. And he said he had a great time and, um, but he also said that he didn't want to be an astronaut anymore. Um, And is that often what you find the real when a when a child does this? Is this what you find the reaction is that they they realize their dreams are, and this is not me saying this because they can dream whatever they want. Uh, do they realize their dreams are stupid? You know, I haven't the the, the 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 astronaut boy. That was the first time that I've experienced that um, with a with a child. Um, mm. Often, I find that with adults that they realize that these like very particular views they have about what they should have done by the time they were 30 that they come to realize that that actually you know their life is not going to be better if they have matching cutlery um and it's it's always kind of nice to see people walk away and think that's not something i need to continue to aspire to but Mm, my life would still be shit even if i had matching cutlery yeah like the cutlery is not the problem right yeah but i don't know i feel i actually felt really sad um after after the boy who wanted to be the astronaut sort mm. of let go of that because I think this is kind of how I ended up working in this job. Like I feel I don't know what I want to do when I grow up. Um, I, I oh. so I, I'm kind of always looking for inspiration from other people. And and, and, um, and how old are you? Uh, what age are we talking? Um, oh, you, Stefan. I mean, you came to my last birthday. <laughs> I, I did, and I I remember being there, and and when I when I pictured in my mind, you had the balloons, like the gold balloons that have the numbers of your age, and when I pictured in my mind, they're just a blur. I just I, I see nothing there. I see the cake with the candles. I see all your friends, just the loving atmosphere, and and just a blur where those balloons were. I I mean I'm I'm super honored that you think of me as ageless, but um, uh no, I'm 37. Okay, and when do you think that adulthood starts? Well, you say you when you grow up. Uh, well, I mean, it's not, it's, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to answer that question anymore. Mm. It's just like, I, I don't see, I don't have a picture in the future. And so are you kind of, uh, uh, what's for lack of a better couple of words, insider trading? Are you setting up experiences for yourself 
to to explore possible outcomes i mean i don't know if i should be saying this i don't know if any of my colleagues are going to listen to this oh probably um, not very few people listen to this so but i really feel like um yeah to be honest i'm just trying to get ideas i mean how does one come up with a view for like what you want your future to be like you know that question you get asked in job interviews like where do you see yourself in five years yeah 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 i mean does anyone actually know how to answer that question uh, let me think about myself for a second. In five years, uh, number one podcast in the world. Uh, Joe Rogan <laughs> works for me, and I constantly tell him that he's stupid and he shouldn't say medical things on his show that he doesn't have anymore because I've canceled it. Uh, and I always tell him that cancel culture is real, and he was right the entire time, but I won't admit it on the air. So that's where I see myself in five years, and that's what I tell prospective employers as well. Um, but I, I think a lot of people do have trouble answering that question. Yeah, I'm so in awe of your of your clarity. I feel like a bit of a fraud. I mean, I'm basically like trying to steal other people's ideas about what they think it means to be a grown up. So you're not setting these ideas up for yourself. You're looking at what other people are doing and, and yeah. seeing how they react. Yeah. Uh, and so far, I have to say, like none of them have really hmm. grabbed me. So I'm still I'm still looking for the answer. So I guess you, even though you're not taking the experiences you're still you're still coming out with the same message in that it is oh the problem the entire time was me yeah yeah i hadn't really yeah i think that's a really good point ah thank you i mean i I feel like it's a bleak point but uh at a certain point we all have to realize that the the biggest problem in your life is is yourself (sighs) yeah it's getting heavy in here oh boy well Great to talk to you, Wendy. Uh, please stick around. Uh, I have to introduce my next friend of the evening, but uh, I'm I'm sure that they're going to want to talk about adulthood, what it means to them, and maybe maybe you can uh, put something together for them, and maybe that will be what you're looking for, Wendy. I, I I'm really looking forward to to hearing some ideas. Oh, good. Please welcome to the show, uh, McDougal. Welcome, McDougal. Hello, Stefan. How how are you this evening? You sound I am happy. Grand, Stefan. You know, mm-hmm. I'm loving, I'm living my best life. In fact, I feel like I have made it to adulthood. Oh, oh, what a coincidence. Yes, yes exactly. I was listening to Wendy and I was thinking, I mean, as many experiences I haven't had, but I feel like I've made it, you know, in my career and just in life in general. Okay. And, and just before we get into mm-hmm. talking about what is your definition of adulthood, uh, how old are you? Uh, you know, I'm in my 30s as well. Okay. So, no more yeah. specific than that. You're just just in my thought. Well, you know, you know what I always say. You know, what I always say, Stefan. I always say, ask me no secrets. I'll tell you no lies. So. Okay. So your age 30s, is a secret. Thirties will, will do for that. Yes. Ah. Okay. Good. Good to know. Okay. So so you feel that you've recently become an adult. Yes. And what did yes. that? What did that? What was you? What did that involve for you? Well, Stefan, as you know. Uh, I used to be a soldier for the British mm-hmm. Army. Of course. In yes. the British Army. And, you know, again, not going to get into it. Ask me those secrets. I'll tell you no lies. But uh, I, I, didn't even, I, I didn't even ask anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I no longer am a soldier. Okay. And, uh, you know, things happened. But again, mm. 
I'll see no so, secrets. So if I were lies. to if I were to ask you what mm. happened, you yes. would say I will tell you no lies. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, maybe I got fired, but again, I'll see no secrets. I'll tell you no lies. And okay. since then, uh, you know, I actually got picked up as a mercenary for the royal palace. Oh. Uh, so I work for uh, her royal Majesty, uh, the Queen mm. Elizabeth II. Elizabeth II. Yes. Uh, yeah. You know. Really, I feel like I am the number one reason she's still alive today. You know, like I bring her joy and just reason for being, I think. Yeah. Interesting. So a lot to unpack there. Uh, Mm -hmm. First of all, um, I get just so we could, I think Wendy's probably curious and I'm, you know, what we were talking about before, before we get into your actual role for the palace. Mm -hmm. Um, is what you've ended up doing in adulthood, uh, it, does it match what you pictured you'd be doing as a child? Great question. Oh, yeah, that is a good question. You know, I always thought that I would be somewhat indispensable to the country. And I mm-hmm. think that that is what I am. So, yes, I I think I have reached that point. Now, yeah. That's interesting. So let's say, Wendy, mm-hmm. someone comes to you as a child and they say, my dream as of adulthood is to be indispensable to my country. How do you bring that to life? I, you know what? I think the closest example would be when there's a lot of young kids that come to us and say, when I grow up, I want to change the world. Mm. Mm. And I find that like, I find that really difficult because it's not, that is really, it's not concrete. No. It's it, sort of in the same way as like, I want to be in, indispensable to my country. It's like they want. Well, I think it is concrete. You know, like I want to be indispensable. I want the country to not be able to exist without me. It doesn't get more concrete than that, right? Also, if they were to build something out of concrete, yeah. oh, then be, it they would, would be, be changing yes. the world. Yeah. I mean, I think, sorry, concrete may not have been quite the right word, but in terms of like there's lots of different ways in which you can be indispensable. Mm-hmm. I think to be honest, like when people have said something like that before, um, kids have said that before. I mean, we usually go with something really boring, like, you know, the head of the United Nations, the president of a country. Um, like, it's a really identifiable character right. to say, like, this is someone who is changing the world, who, who is indispensable like, to our institutions and stuff. Mm. But I don't know, maybe I'm really interested in your experience. Like, maybe we should be thinking outside the box a bit more because a mercenary is not someone that I... Yeah. Well, let's, about. let's dig into that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, McDougal, you were an ex-soldier with yeah. the army, the British mm-hmm. army. Mm-hmm. Um, the oh, not the RAF, that's the Air Force, but uh, the RAF, the the, the RAF, <laughs> I believe it's pronounced. <laughs> yeah. Um, what yeah. is what is the army? The Royal Armed Forces. Mm. Oh, the same. The RAF. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's a RAF, it is. But again... Uh, is that confusing that they both have the same acronym? <laughs> you know, Stefan, uh, it was confusing. Um, once I actually um, ended up at the wrong base. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I was looking, following the science for the, the RAF. And I ended up at the wrong place and I was two hours late to oh. my meeting point. Terrible. Part of the reason why, again, <laughs> I'll see no secrets, yeah, I'll tell, tell you no lies, lies please. <laughs> <laughs> might be have something to do with why I'm no longer okay. with the, the, the army. All right, so you were with the army, you were uh, discharged, yeah. let's say, uh, uh, well. honorably, honorably or dishonorably, well, we don't again, know. Yeah. We don't know. And mm-hmm. now, so, but it seems to me that the 
the the the good folks who guard the palace and guard the queen mm. are also part of the army and yet you describe yeah, yourself yes. as a a soldier for hire well no no well i guess so basically what i do is all the the most important tasks the palace needs yes they come to me right okay okay so for example i'll give you an example yeah please do a few weeks ago mm-hmm. you know uh, i was called up because mm-hmm. there was a boat off mm. the shore of England, right? Yes. And this boat had run out of petrol. Oh no. They were stuck, they were stranded, oh, oh. Oh, right? Oh my goodness. So they came to me because I mean, who else would you go for? A situation a situation like this. So off I went. I went in my in my little dinghy. Who came to you? The people I, on the boat or they went to no, the no, queen? No, no, the palace. <laughs> the royal palace came to me yeah. because you know why Stefan? Who was on that boat but the queen's grandchildren? Right, oh and goodness. she had a big ball that night, and they had to be there. So you know, which I, one? William Harry, and Harry, both of them, both yeah. together. Yeah, they yeah. squashed the beef. Yeah, William's few, not racist anymore. A few weeks ago, a few weeks ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I guess they uh, they made up just for the death of their grandfather. <laughs> I think this was after the funeral that they were. Okay. You know, they were having a chat, right? And they ran out mm. of petrol, so they they call me up. They say, "Look, McDougal, they have to be at the ball tonight. It's super important." And I went, all right, I'm on it. So I took a can of petrol, right? Got in my boat mm-hmm. and off I went. But halfway there, I ran out of petrol. So I, oh. I used the petrol for my boat and got to them. Mm. And that was, I mean, I guess it was problematic because then we didn't have any to get yeah. back. But still, but still, I was the one they called, right? Me. Not some other joker. They called me. Oh, so you were you were then stranded on the boat with them. Well, I mean, again, ask me no secrets, I'll tell you no lies. I mean, I mean you did it... say that you used up all the petrol on yes. your own boat. I mean, I feel like that's, that's just a minor detail, not important. Anyway, I mean, they missed the party. The queen ah, was, okay. I mean, she was a bit upset. But anyway, I mean, that's just an example of something that I do. I, I give you another example. Well, just quickly before we get mm-hmm. off that example, I'm curious mm-hmm. if uh, when you were in the RAF, uh, Harry was yeah. in the other raft yes at the same time and did you bond over that yeah funny actually uh funny actually one time uh harry was out on the town right Mm. and he was was, he dressed uh... like a nazi (laughs) well do you know what i wouldn't know because he was quite drunk and they said hey look mcdougall we need someone to go and fetch him right and again (laughs) they came to me they said he's at the cock and bull and i was like all right Mm. i know where that is so i know where that is because i go there often yeah right all the time every wednesday evening Mm. so off i went and i saw the first redhead i saw i took him took him back (laughs) to go back to the palace yeah yeah it wasn't harry Harry. but who was it uh jimmy 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 brown his name was yeah actually best man at my wedding (laughs) we uh, got on oh you 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 forged a relationship with this man that you kidnapped (laughs) Yeah. Uh, did yeah. he well, so kidnapped is a strong word by the time that he was the best man at your mm. wedding mm-hmm. uh, did he know that he, he was free to leave at any time or was it still kind of like a, he wasn't sure that he wasn't um, in okay Stefan I feel like you're insinuating that I'm not good at my job oh, <laughs> which I am <laughs> tell me no secrets I'll say yeah. you no lies exactly exactly I mean yeah he might still hang around but you know, it's good. All right. You were going to give me another example of a, an amazing yes! feat that you've accomplished. Oh, yes. So one time, mm-hmm. one time. Okay. okay. So 
there was this time uh, the queen okay so the queen was having an afternoon tea right and mm. they ran out of flour they ran oh out of flour oh. so they said McDougal we need flour I thought we need flour and I said all right I got it covered I went down to the flower shop I mm. got some nice lilies mm-hmm. I got some roses I brought yeah. them back I brought them back <laughs> it wasn't what they wanted they wanted like they they needed it for the for the scones. So. Oh, baking baking flour. Yeah, but still, mm. it's still beautiful decorations. Beautiful decorations, just no food. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. how did the queen react? Again, yeah, yeah, she was all right. She was all right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, uh, where do you do you live on the palace grounds? Or? Yes. And who who from the palace calls you? Is it the queen, <laughs> her Majesty herself? Or? No, it's her private secretary. Yeah. Oh, and, and what's their name? Uh, Private Secretary John Smith. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Full title, yeah. Full Private Secretary John Smith. And yeah. and they call you and you speak to him on the phone yeah. verbally? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. He tells me, he says on your phone what he wants, and I do it. I do it, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I'm looking up uh, right now, I just did a quick little Google to look at the Queen's kind of uh, organization. Yeah. Uh, I see Private Secretary Taryn uh, Edgerton. Mm-hmm. I see pr- <laughs> Assistant Private Secretary William uh, Fitzroy. Mm-hmm. And that's all the private secretaries I see. Well, there's also John Smith, so clearly well, not coming up on that. Not, I'm, on, I'm, in, I'm on buckingham.co.uk. Right. Um, and I'm Co. Not- U- Co. <laughs> You, co.uk, not co.uk. Dot, dot co.uk? <laughs> no, dot co.uk. Oh. Okay, it's like the, like the RAF, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the RAF. Is, is, that a thing that, is that a thing in England where you never say the acronym, you always say the letters of the acronym? <laughs> well, co is, the, is saying it. Right? Well, you said co.uk. No, you said co.uk. Oh, did I? Yeah. What is now the point we're getting I'm trying confused. to make? <laughs> I think I think Stefan. Look, I don't know. Again, as I always say, like ask me no secrets, I'll tell you no lies. Mm. But I just feel like, you know, you're. I try to ask me, you know, am I really working with the Queen? And I'm not. I'm working with against. the secretary. Oh. No, I'm not against. Because oh, uh, based on the stories you've told me, it seems like you're working against the queen. No, no, no. Look, she, she I try. I, I, as I said, I'm indispensable. I bring her joy. Look, just the other day, just the other day, mm-hmm. she's, I got told, look, McDougal, we need someone to groom the queen's corgis, right? She has many mm. corgis. We need yes, to groom the corgis, right? Yeah. So I went out, right? And yeah. I, I spent hours getting together beautiful decorations. I got mm. a little cake. Mm. I got a little dog tuxedo. I, 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 I sent out invitations. I, I groomed the corgi, right? Yeah. Wasn't what they wanted. Wasn't mm. what they wanted. They wanted you to comb the corgi's hair and yep. kind of make the coat shiny. Yeah. And yeah. and they ended up with a corgi with uh, matted hair and, and grease and But it was happy and married. So It was happy and merry? Yeah. Married. Was it... Married. Mar- yeah. Who was married? 
The the corgi. I groomed. They made the corgi. I groomed the corgi. I made the corgi a groom. Oh, I right? get it. I, I, I got a tuxedo. The, yeah, no, I <laughs> got a cake. I sent out invitations. Yeah. I understand what you're doing yeah. there. I, yeah. uh, Beautiful I wedding see. it was. Uh, did yeah. it marry another corgi? One of the queen's other <laughs> yeah. corgis? Yeah, it did. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Keep it in the family, Stefan. Well, it's the royal family. I it would is. expect exactly. nothing less than incest. Exactly. Yeah. So that's... Uh, I don't know. It seems like you are kind of working against the queen when you when you called me earlier today to talk about what uh, what the podcast was. The caller display did say John Smith, uh, but it was you on the phone. Yes. So and, and just to go back to my previous question, where do you live on the palace ground? <laughs> in, in the the gardening shed. <laughs> okay. And do people know that you live there? <laughs> I mean, I have a sign and a post box. That I made oh, outside, okay. outside the shed. Oh, that's that's great! Really nice to mm -hmm. hear. It seems like you're I doing mean, uh, really well in your new career as a mercenary. Thank you, and you're you're welcome, Stefan. Anytime, anytime you want to visit the palace, mm. come on by. Uh, make you a cup of tea. And I don't want to quibble, even though it sometimes seems like all I do on this show is quibble. Mm -hmm. But if I were to visit the palace, yes. uh, would I be able to walk up to the front gate, talk to the guard and say, uh, please bring me to McDougal's house and they would know where to go or they Look, would say, Stephane, who are you? Stefan, ask me no secrets, I'll tell you no lies, okay? Okay, well, that pretty much confirms exactly yes. my suspicions. Mm -hmm. Well, McDougal, stick around. Uh, look forward to talking to you more as, as we talk, introduce my last friend. She has a name that I'm going to have trouble pronouncing, uh, but let's let's get her out here. Uh, please welcome to the show uh, Jeanne Dupontel. Welcome, Jeanne. Hello, Stéphane. You did very well. Oh, thank that you. That was very well. Yes, very good. Thank you. How, how are you doing tonight, Jeanne? I'm wonderful, as always, of course. Uh, it's nice to talk to you. It's been a while. It has. So you are a uh, a woman of a certain social status, uh, a well, certain strata of Well, let's society. not talk so much about it. I mean, it's a bit vulgar, but yes, I mean, well, I am I... well off, as one could say. I don't want to be gauche, uh, yes, but exactly. I was just I, I was trying to make a segue between the previous guest and you uh, in asking, have you ever met uh, in your official duties or in your personal life any members of the royal family? Well, of course, I've met uh, people from the uh, now non-existent royal family, but I mean, they've been royals before. I mean, uh, in France. So all, oh. you know, royals in France. Well, how can I say? To me, they're royals, mm. but most people hate them. Mm. <laughs> these people. So these are these are people who are descended from the old there you go. royalty. Thank you, uh, Thank you and... to help me. I mean, English is not my language. As oh, you can and French hear. is definitely not mine. So we so, yes. will meet in the middle. Uh, we call them aristocrates. Uh, ah. yes, yeah, like the want. joke. So these are people, the, the, the French common people um, are still pissed about the head cutting off. Well, yes, I mean, the yes, very pissed about the head, mm -hmm. the heads uh, rolling down, of course. And then the common people are very pissed because they wish they were more heads rolling down. And they wish that they didn't have uh, all the status and the money that they had. And uh, mm -hmm. well, I mean, life is not fair. What do you want? Life is definitely not fair. We are not going to cry about it every, every day. No. No. And maybe we'll go to the grown-up place and we'll realize that even if life were fair, it's us that is the problem. 
well, that was a very interesting <laughs> segment, the grown-up place, because I was thinking, is this really what people want to have cutlery <laughs> that really is all the same? I mean, it should always be the case. Or, or people that want to, to do their taxes and, and clean their house. I mean, what are the servants for? Right. Get some is, servants! This is something we've run up across before, Jeanne, is that uh, you are in a position where you do have help. Uh, yes. You have people in your employ that yes, work yes, for yes. you. Uh, and it's I always tough. tell you that it's tough. Is it? Well, you, you just said it was tough to have oh, people. Staff. No, no, they're staff. staff. Oh, staff. Okay, I thought you said, oh, sorry, the, mm -hmm. the, the language. They're very barrier. well taken care of. They have their own staff quarters. Oh, of, of course. Uh, yes. Oh, do any of them sleep in the garden shed? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not a shed. I mean, it's in a palace. Like, uh, think, take for example, mm. um, our chateau at uh, Angoisse les Deux Verges, for example. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's a very, very pretty chateau, and mm -hmm. uh, there's a, a fairly big uh, staff house uh, next uh, on the grounds. So, I mean. There's no, there's no reason to complain. No, of course. But my, my original point when we embarked on this line of discussion was that most people do not have uh, staff that work for them. Oh, yes, uh, that's very sad. Yeah, I, I mean, I would just call it normal. Uh, <laughs> you, oh. are, you are kind of, you have an exceptional situation. Um, your parents well, were very wealthy as well, correct? Well, of course. Uh, of and so course. are my children. Well, yeah, it's uh, generational wealth is something everybody loves. But yes, to come back to your question, I'm so sorry. I've got, I'm going all places, all directions. Oh, no. Well, to come back to your question, yes, 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 I've met royals, and okay. um, I've met, I think, Prince Harry when he was a child, oh. a wee child. And That's what, cool. What was he like? Oh, very impertinent. Rebellious. Well, if there's oh. one thing we've learned about Harry in the past year, it's that he's very rebellious. Running around everywhere, just stuffing his mouth with food. Completely mm. vulgar. Yeah. Oh, so oh, such you disappointment know. to the These world. English royals, I mean. Wow. Oh. Yeah, be careful. Wow. McDougal is right here. <laughs> I do, you know, I, I, as I said, I'm indispensable to my country. I feel very strongly about my country and oh. her majesty and her family. Mm. Well, we must find something to do with our lives, so I totally respect that. Well, what oh. are you what are you doing with your life, Jen, <laughs> oh, right oh. now? Well, what I like to do is uh, to decorate one of the many houses that we have and uh, restore oh. their architectural beauty. Okay. And it is my vocation. I mean, I'm preserving the historical patrimony of the of France, you know? Is the this a word? The patrimoine? Uh, I'm not. Uh, one of the guests is nodding. <laughs> Uh, what is the, what is the translation of that word? Is it the patriarchy? No, 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 pa no. Pa patrimony. Okay, but that what does that what does that mean? Uh, Wendy, you seem to know. Um, I mean, I guess it's part of the like the heritage. Isn't that isn't that right? Absolutely, the heritage of the country. We might preserve it for future generations. Okay, and, so, and so I mean, what... mostly my children and their children and right. their children's children. <laughs> Of course, yes. They're yes. still citizens. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, it, I suppose um, to my understanding of it is that it generally relates to, it, it can relate to cultural heritage, but uh, often I think that's actually attached to the church. Uh, like it's property that belongs through endowment. But I suppose you, you could be right to find that if it's uh, just familial property, then it's pretty closely attached to the patriarchy. 
Now, Wendy, I feel like you are saying this as if you knew, but we could clearly hear you Googling, <laughs> typing on the keyboard. Were yeah, you just I mean, reading, reading this definition off of Google? Well, I'm like, well, that's what I thought it was, but I feel like I should check. Oh, okay. So you were right before you were right. And yeah. That's, that, that's the important thing to know. It's very important to double, triple check. I've learned that through my years of working for the Royal Palace to make sure that you don't mess up. You have to triple check each task. That's interesting because none of your stories contain <laughs> any sort of double checking or triple checking. or There was no uh, well, maybe twice cut run once. Aesthetic. You don't know that, Stefan, because you didn't ask me and ask me no secrets. I'll tell you no lies. So. Okay, when you were leaving on the boat with the petrol, did you double check that you had enough, enough petrol? This is not my segment, Stefan. Oh, okay. I'm, right. I'm still really curious about how it is that you're here and why you're not still stuck on that boat. <laughs> how, did, how did you get home? Uh, dolphins. Okay. Were they? Uh, never mind. Uh, you're right. This is not your segment. We're here to talk to Jen. So Jen, you're you're remodeling, redecorating the uh, the estates that you own, which one day when you die uh, will be part of an estate sale. <laughs> I guess so. If all my my um, you know my children die and. Uh, Somebody, you know. The yeah, we're talking is... like plane, like family reunion, plane crash situation. Yes. I'm sorry. Um, well, <laughs> <laughs> are you planning something, Stefan? No, no. This, I mean, to plan a family reunion, plane crash situation seems something much more in line with what you do, McDougal. <laughs> uh, and let me let me just be clear: it's not what you would be planning to do, <laughs> but it's something that would happen. I'm insulted, Stefan. Well, maybe you should be. Uh, Jeanne, what kind of changes are you making to your uh, chateaus? Yes, for example, at the Domaine Brest-Libichon, mm -hmm. uh, I've been uh, fixing the molding. This is a special okay. molding that comes from Italy. So mm. uh, it took a very long time, a lot of money. I've had sleepless nights about it. Oh. Don't get me started. But anyway, that's at the Domaine Brest-Libichon. Mm -hmm. But also uh, at the Maison uh, Trecon Rhone Alpes, uh, we've had uh, to uh, uh, really prepare the grounds and make the garden as beautiful as it was wa once was. And funny mm. enough, in uh, Maison Trecon de Rhone Alpes, uh, we had an English garden. <laughs> a beautiful oh. English garden. Yes, because usually we have French gardens and they're very straight and, and, and serious and everything. Mm. But English gardens are beautiful. And um, there's this wonderful magnolia tree that we've, uh, we've taken care of. Uh, it was a bit sick, but uh, now it's okay. I'm so happy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Interesting. I guess an English garden would grow uh, crustless cucumber sandwiches and uh, whatever Earl Grey comes from. Uh, it's more about how the plants are dis disposed in the oh, garden. Okay. They're very wild and they go mm. all directions and it looks very natural. Mm. It's wonderful. And I mean, uh, at uh, uh, we also have a hotel in the south of France. Well, uh, before we get, I would love for you to name in a row all of the estates and properties that you own. I believe we've heard three already. So let's yes. recap those, get the hotel, and then any other chateaus. I'd love to hear the names of, yes. of those chateaus. So the first I talked about uh, is uh, Domaine Brest-Libichon, Domaine then Brest -Libichon. Uh, Chateau Angoisse-les-Deux-Verges. Chateau Angoisse-les-Deux-Verges. 
Then Maison Trécon en Rhône-Alpes. Maison Trécon en Rhône-Alpes. Yes. And then Hôtel de Panis en Provence. Hôtel de Panis en Provence. Yes. And of course, uh, the biggest one uh, is uh, le domaine Les Vomitérans sur Mer. Ah, le domaine Le Viterloca. Les Vomitérans. <laughs> les, vom les Vomitérans. Le Vomitérans sur Mer. Le Vomitérans sur Mer. <laughs> the, the Vomitorium of my mother. <laughs> Is that well, the translation? Yes, I guess it's going to be good enough. <laughs> uh, well, so what are you doing at the hotel? You started to tell me and then I rudely cut you off to pronounce things in French. At l'hôtel de Panis-en-Provence, well, uh, we've, been, uh, we've been taking care of the, chi the chimney and the, the foyer. Uh, is it that what's it called? The foyer? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the thing where uh, the, the fire. Yeah, the foyer has the fireplace. Yes, Fi yeah. fireplace. There you go. The fireplace. Yeah. It's a marble. Mm -hmm. Fireplace, of course. Oh, wow. You you paused like we were about to applaud. So here you go. <laughs> oh, thank you. I mean, it was a lot of work to take care of. I mean, mm. so much stress. Like, what if somebody breaks it? What are we going right. to do? Hmm? Now, when you say a lot of work, I would assume that it's the staff installing yes, yes, the yes. fireplaces and the moldings. And... I have some of the best staff in mm. France. They're well, very faithful. They're very nice. Yes, mm. I was wondering, Mr. McDougal, do you mm. live on staff quarters? Uh, I live in the gardening shed. Oh, that is so sad. Is it a big gardening shed? Well, I mean, ask me no secrets. I'll tell you no lies. <laughs> it doesn't have a every everywhere yeah. that uh, that Jean everywhere. lives has a name. Does mm. your garden shed have a a name? Yes, I call it the Grotto's End. Grotto's oh. end. Yes. Grotto's end. What does la, this mean? La the fin de la end. grotte. Ah, la fin de la grotte. That's very beautiful, very poetic. Yes. La fin de la grotte. You know, uh, Jean, Jeanne, um, yes. I, uh, I feel very strongly about my country. Yes. However, I'm always looking for more work. So oh. if ever you need Wonderful. someone to do errands, like, you know, but only the most important important of tasks absolutely i'm your guy the most important of tasks mm -hmm. well let me think for a second mm -hmm. what do you have important. coming up that's very important Sean? yes 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 well we have a few dogs i heard you talk about dogs yes we have a few dogs very very rare breed uh we have a male and a female and uh we would like them to have puppies but for some reason they hate each other so it would be nice oh, if you could well I have experience with this because as we said when I was on that boat with Harry and William yes you know they were feuding right at the time like they went off to chat at you know to chat after the funeral and everything but I like to think that I am the reason they're talking again because I got there to that boat Wonderful. We ran out of petrol, and after that, you know, they were just like best of friends, best of friends. So I think if I can do that for them, I can do that for your dogs. Now I did. Yes. I did see some paparazzi photos of William and Harry on the boat. Mm. Uh, the British paparazzi love to take pictures of the royals on boats. Um, 
And I remember I saw you on the boat. I saw yep, Wi- I William was and William was at the bow, staring out from the bow, and Harry was mm-hmm. at the stern, staring staring out from the stern. So back to back, like fifty meters away from each other. Yes. And then in the photos, I saw you uh, slipping and falling over the railing into the freezing uh, ocean. Well. And and it did seem like what brought William and Harry back together was kind of rescuing you from the freezing Atlantic Ocean. Right. But you know, I I uh, like to think that I planned it that way. Okay, mm-hmm. did you? <laughs> I like to think that I oh, did. You just, you just like to think. Now, Jan, um, I know. I assume that you heard when uh, McDougal was talking about his previous experience with dogs, and that doesn't give you any kind of pause about <laughs> having having him come to look at. They had your... a great wedding, right? And I'm sure they had a great after wedding experience too and that's what Jean wants she wants them to have babies yes it might it might get violent you have to get <laughs> them to mate <gasps> i mean i, I oh couldn't goodness. do it uh my heart is too fragile i can't but someone has to do it your dogs are are into kind of bdsm play <laughs> <laughs> what is this the BTSM. Uh, bondage, dominance, sadism, and masochism. Oh, it's, uh, never you know, heard of such a thing. Leather, Maybe. you have cat and nine tails. It's being uh, pain inflicted upon you or inflicting pain upon others, being bound oh. in various creative ways. Oh, yes. You seem uh, to know a lot about this, Stefan. Well, I've been alive for oh. uh, a number of years. <laughs> you see things. Well, I think I, think I had a great-great-uncle that was really into this, now that I think of it. There were stories about him. Oh, now he wasn't a like a former royal family who was just keeping people in dungeons, because that's kind of a different thing. Maybe. Mm. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm. Um. I have to say. Um. I'm quite old as a lady, and uh, it's uh, gonna be time for my evening tea, my sleepy tea. Oh. Very soon. Well, well, how old are you? We we know everyone else's age generally or specifically. You must never ask a lady that. Oh, Stepan. I apologize. I apologize. I mean, I'm I'm old enough to be your grandmother. If that's if that's enough for you. Well, I mean, you could have had your you could have had my mother very young at eighteen, yes. and then she could have had me at eighteen. Oh, we don't do that. In, Thirty-six. We years don't do that me. in our families. Have babies at eighteen. Oh, okay. That's that's for poor people. That's for poor people and dogs. Oh, <laughs> dogs are for poor people too. <laughs> of course. Well, uh, Jean, you're a very likable person, and you're you got a, a head on your shoulders, and you're very grounded. I look forward to McDougal working with your dogs. I do have a suspicion that McDougal is going to end up fucking one of your dogs. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse I just—it just seems like what you, is this, you hear that the dogs need to be bred, and you're a real take charge kind of guy. So I—I I think you're gonna get your hands dirty, get in there, uh, Jean. You're gonna walk into the the kennel and see McDougal outfitted in a full gimp suit, uh, and the dogs are gonna a be whipped. Is this Chanel? Suit. Is it from Chanel? <laughs> Uh, I mean, have you seen the moon, uh, the movie Pulp Fiction? One of your fellow citizens is in it, I believe. Uh, yes, yes, I've heard of this thing, Pulp Fiction. Oh, yes, it's very uh, popular in France. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, so uh, one of the guys walks around in a gimp suit the whole movie. It's the, the latex bodysuit. Oh, well, 
I thought they were deranged. Are they deranged? No, they just uh, like things uh, uh, a way that they like oh, it. And that's okay. Well, Don't kink shame, Jan. Okay, well, things are changing. The times are changing. I need to learn this thing. You know what? We should probably exchange numbers, McDougal, and even <laughs> okay. Mrs. Wes. I mean, this uh, grown-up thing, maybe... I don't know, maybe I should try it to know. Jeanne, I'm, I'm really curious to hear um, what what your ideas of adulthood were uh, and whether or not, you know, someone who was born into an incredibly wealthy family and you said that your, your children are following in your footsteps. Like, what yes. do your children want to be when they grow up? Are they also going to be uh, restoring restoring castles? Yes, or maybe, maybe partying on boats and uh, yeah. doing cocaine. I don't know. Probably DJ. Whatever in, they want to do. DJ, influencer, uh, yes, yes. start a tequila like company or like a like a rosé brand. Oh, like that. Yes. That oh, would vape, be very wide. Vaping. Very that's pretty big, I think, vaping. for rich kids. Vaping. I don't know what this is. I don't know. What? No, uh, McDougal, you're thinking of the dogs still. I said vaping. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I heard I mean, mating. <laughs> you know, I know you did. I feel like vaping is uh, is more of a habit than it is um, a vision of one's future. I'm talking about starting a vape company. Oh, um, oh. They'd probably call it an empire or, mm, uh, yes. or something like this. Well, I don't know about these things. The younglings do. But what I thought, what I thought would be nice if, if I went to the grown-up place just to try what normal people like, you know? Oh, that's a really, yeah, I mean... I'm sure we could arrange something for you, and you know, you wouldn't even have to pay. Uh, you wouldn't have to pay for the for the experience. I'd be super. Um, I'd be really interested in getting some of the maybe the things that you've used to decorate uh, in the various times oh, that you redecorate oh, no, I'd uh, these pay. castles. And, I'd, rather, you know, I'd rather pay if you'd like to give me any. <laughs> oh no, no, I'm not giving you anything. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. This is. Oh, I don't want it. I don't want anything to be lost or broken or anything. I would gladly pay. I would pay. Wendy, if I could just say as an aside to you, uh, eventually Jeanne is going to ask McDougal to plan a flight to a family reunion, at which point you can just swoop in and kind of buy whatever you want. I, for, I, I just I just thought I should, you know, nah. maybe this was this was the beginning of a new relationship. But uh, of course. Um, oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, just uh, swoop in when they're all dead. And uh, that's what I generally do. On that note, uh, we'll all exchange numbers later. Uh, Wendy and Jan, just don't be surprised when uh, McDougal's name comes up as John Smith on your phone. Uh, (laughs) It is McDougal. Uh, That's all for this portion of Some Good Friends. Uh, Thank you to the three of you for being on the show. We're going to take a short break and be right back after that. I'm October Jones, and Hi, this is... I'm Fish with Legs. I'm a fish with legs. Fish. I'm the elemental creature of water, and I'm here to tell you about my podcast called October Jones and Fish with Legs, starring me and my best friend, <laughs> October Jones. Nailed it. October and Fish is a fictional series that follows me and Fish with Legs as we try to stop an evil two-headed snake from releasing a terrible monster. And make friends, and go on adventures, and get captured a lot, and escape a lot, and encounter racism. And what? And learn very special lessons every third episode. I have not learned a single lesson. Yes, you did. We learned about being friends, and authoritarianism, and colonialism, and how to defeat a giant crab. Authoritarianism? They're in authority for a reason, Fish With Legs. If everyone followed the rules set in place by the human government, then there wouldn't be- Wait for adults and kids. (sighs) New episodes on Mondays. You can find it wherever you find podcasts, and of course, on the Upford website. Okay, that's 
it. Bye! <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> I love rich, rich assholes. <laughs> the idea i i have yeah. of rich people that yeah, they're all assholes <laughs> i i don't think it's that far off <laughs> yeah i think it's probably fairly accurate yeah uh so this is uh this is how santa sees rich people um, <laughs> have you ever been to something that's like a super like a wealthy person thing like an event or something where you're like, I have no business no, being here. I've never been to a wealthy person's event, a but yacht. when I was visiting France, we visited a chateau mm. and uh, it, there were parts of the chateau that we could not visit because the guy said, well, the people still live here and they don't want to be disturbed. So they, so they live in their house and they just have people walking around parts of their house. Yeah, part of their day. house is like a museum and the other part, they live in it. Yeah. And they had this huge garden, beautiful, from, with like plants from all over the Mediterranean. And they would just bring p plants there. And they had oh. an orangerie, which is like a... a or like orange orangery? Place. Or, yeah, <laughs> orangery, <laughs> I guess, something like that. Uh, that was so beautiful. I mean, in flowers huh. and everything. Like so strange. I mean, part of my house is a museum too, but nobody <laughs> wants, nobody comes, <laughs> comes to see my world's tallest stack of dirty dishes or <laughs> record-setting dust bunnies yeah. in the corners. <laughs> the laundry that I haven't folded, it's there yeah. for, it's been there for a month. <laughs> I have like a, I have like the audio thing that they can listen to. It gives them a tour. It's, nobody nobody comes. Even before pandemic, nobody came to my museum. I, I don't understand. Yeah. Uh, Amy, so a little window behind the scenes here uh, for the listeners. This is the the second time we've recorded this episode uh, due to technical difficulties. The first time uh, it was a lost episode. Um, so Amy, you were you were playing the same character again, but you'd you developed the character more and I'm wondering if it felt uh, more like what you wanted from the character in the first place. Yeah. I mean, it was, um, it, I mean, on the one hand, like it's kind of an absurd, uh, context. Um, I mean, it absolutely sounds like a business that would exist. Yeah. <laughs> it I would mean, be like one of those Instagram <laughs> experiences, yeah. like the ice cream museum. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, there is definitely something in it, which I think is like, playing with something that we can identify with. Uh, but, yeah, it definitely having a little bit more, like, character development rather mm -hmm. than spending the time thinking about the context um, was definitely easier in my head to, oh, like, be that person. Yeah. What was your dream when you were young? What did you want to be? Um, like me or in my or my character? <laughs> no, you, you as Amy. <laughs> I... I, I mean, I think the first time that I had a... I wanted to be a pizza chef when I was four. Oh, oh cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, we lived in, um, like, I guess a, a place which is not that different from, like, Little Italy in, in Montreal. Mm. Um, and so, like, obviously there weren't a lot of restaurants growing up in the 80s, but there were a couple of, like, Italian pizza places mm. um, that, was, that were close to home. And, uh, yeah, I just, I was like, when I grow up, I'm going to be a pizza chef. And um, that was probably the, about the clearest I've ever been about oh, what wow. I wanted to do when I grew up. And do you do you make pizza for fun now? Um, I do make pizza. I make a lot of bread. Um, food, but more like food is like 
food is absolutely the the thing that never fails to mm. make give me joy. Um, but I think probably after. Yeah, I don't know. And then after after the pizza chef thing, then you sort of like are cycling through. It's all downhill um, from there. Well, it's kind of downhill, but it's also like you get caught up in um, in like fads and yeah. trying to figure out what to do based on like what is normal for your age group and what you think you should be aspiring to. I mean, I wanted to be a marine biologist mm. uh, when I was, you know, in year three, but like so did every other young particularly female no this is like not a common i mean wow i'm talking like this is when free willy came out the film oh. right like it just marine biology seemed to be this thing that was like pretty popular definitely in australia or western australia in like the mid 90s and so then you're sort of cycling through like changing your view of the future but kind of based on peer pressure or like yeah what I seems that, like soccer player or like uh, i don't know police police person to be cool yeah yeah and then you start watching tv shows the coolest people around yeah and then there's like there's films (laughs) i mean i ended up becoming a lawyer and and there were lots of people who were influenced by like legally blonde and those kinds of so then they they become more professional aspirations or whatever so i don't know i think like the, the pizza chef was probably about as authentic as it got before I was influenced by like other wow. kids but I guess I was influenced by the fact that that's what I saw and I was like this this brings me probably I was like this brings me joy like yeah. I want to do this when I grow up. <laughs> wow Amy every time I ask you a question on this segment of the show you always give such a nice thoughtful answer it's uh, it's great every time uh Hannah I believe that we really painted an accurate portrayal of the British people <laughs> would you agree <laughs> <laughs> an accurate portrayal of British people. Yeah. What do you mean no, by that, Stefan? I think everything we said was uh, 100% accurate to uh, how they work, how the royal family works, how they <laughs> see each other, uh, <laughs> what kind of help they hire. <laughs> this is all I was gonna true. say. I was gonna say, uh, you know, because just in case you'd forgotten, Stefan, but I am British as well. So when you said that we portrayed an accurate what? depiction of <laughs> British people, <laughs> I was like. You're also extending that to myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you were just playing yourself. Yeah, yeah. You did grow up in a garden shed at Buckingham Palace. I, yeah. I just feel like maybe you're the new, you're the new court jester, Hannah. Mm. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Well, yeah, but I was going for someone who who thinks they're good at their job. Yeah. To me, to me, it seemed like I, I like a. Um, a parody of MacGyver. <laughs> like you were someone. Nice, yeah. And I thought that's what you're going for with the name too, McDougal, like the, the English version, like someone who was called to fix things, but you were just incompetent <laughs> at it, <laughs> which is great. I loved the character. It was very, very funny. It was uh, fun to think of things. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> oh, man. living in a garden shed. Uh, yeah. Great. Awesome. And grooming uh, a dog. That I, took me I, a while to oh, catch on to. Uh, I got it. <laughs> yeah, Amy got it. Amy, Amy got, got it. it. I think uh, after the uh, <laughs> fans of the show will remember after the Papa Smur or pa- Papa P- Paw Patrol. Oh yeah, Paw Patrol Paw Patrol debacle from a few episodes ago, uh, which took me like seven minutes to clue into. Uh, this is the longest I've taken to clue into something after that on the show. Let's do some plugs, uh, starting with Hannah, since you're already talking. What do you have going on? Whatever you want. Um, that's a big question. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, you, you always have a show that you're watching. It could be that. Oh. And, well, uh, cool. <laughs> yeah, what am I watching? No, I've, I've been watching a lot of um, trash TV. Mm. Like? Um, Marriage versus Mortgage, oh, which yeah. <laughs> is fun because it was it was filmed pre-COVID. And so these couples uh-huh. go on and they're engaged, but they, they have enough money to either buy a house, to put a down payment on a house, mm-hmm. or to get married, right? And so they, they, they want to do both. It's not clear cut. So they go around and they get to see kind of their dream house or their dream wedding, and then they have to make a decision. But it's just quite funny because like now post-COVID, you know, you're sitting in your living room just yelling, choose house choose yeah, yeah, house. Like, why would you choose wedding you're gonna have to be stuck at home some yeah. of them, you know they're like we're in this tiny apartment we live on top of each other you know we're always but we kind of also want a wedding i'm like choose house you would not yeah. survive if you stay in that apartment for covid so it's quite a fun one if you want to like re rethink your priorities it actually the the concept of the show sounds exactly like amy's character's business they see what it's yeah, like yeah, yeah, to yeah. be homeowners or they see what it's like to be married and yeah. they have to choose exactly and they realize that they've been the problem the entire time yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh amy anything to talk about i actually like i mean while we're on the topic of kind of ridiculous television oh, yeah, um, of course. i i mean covid for me has been entirely uh star trek but actually Ooh. i've started watching i've started watching this uh i work with an elderly lady in the afternoons during mm-hmm. the week and uh, there's a show which I'm now really looking forward to on Monday afternoons on uh, CBC Canada, Radio Canada, Une Famille pour Toutou. It is a French dub version of what is called the Dog House from BBC. And it is okay. about Wood Green, which is like an animal charity that homes dogs in England. Uh, and it's like the probably the most well-funded animal shelter I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. Like it's really great wow. decor. Uh, they have like so many people trying to find the right dog for the right family and like character and everything. And honestly, like if you just want, I'm a total softie, um, but if you just want an adorable, like, I don't know, experience, which I feel like there's not enough of, uh, in the world and on television at the moment, um, I've become quite attached to watching <laughs> to watching this uh, dubbed into French. And it's all about ah. dogs. It's all about just families and couples and individuals like trying to find the right dog for them from this, wow. uh, like to rehome these these like orphanage dogs. I just, I just feel like a huge uh, missed opportunity by the BBC to to name it eight out of ten dogs. I don't get it. Stephane. That's a, it's a show called Eight Out of Ten Cats. Okay, that was, that was mostly. I, I got it. Mostly. For I got Hannah, it. That joke. Yeah. Uh, Santa, what do you have going on? Well, it's really funny that we're all talking about these. Uh, there, these sort of like reality TV shows. Mm. Uh, I'm also watching one. It's called the. It's I think it's British. It's called The House That a Hundred K Built, and it's people that have a hundred a thousand pounds to build their dream house and it always goes to shit (laughs) (laughs) it's always like horrible they make horrible decisions like there was this guy that put like leather on his wall and he he thinks it's like super chic bdsm (laughs) (laughs) but like in the entrance hall so I thought really I saw like a like a still of that show or something. I thought it was like a like a sustainability thing. 
Is it not like a? Oh, there's a version of it with the same uh the same host that is yeah. a sustainable sustainable sustainability one. Yeah. Um, but that also always goes to shit. Like they spend like <laughs> twice as more money. Yeah. And there was one a couple that they ran out of money and they couldn't couldn't finish the walls of their house, so they just had this like uh cement cement bricks. <laughs> inside their house and the pipes thing oh boy out i kind of like that though because like all the other home reno shows they have these like false stakes of like we only have two days to finish like extreme home makeover Mm -hmm. and i was always like i mean this is like a hack comedian bit but like i was always watching these and like like the owners of the house are going to come back and be like oh it's not done all right, undo everything. We don't want it. We don't want what you've done. So I like that this show you're talking about, yeah. if they run out of money, it's over. Yeah, it's over and they just There's have like to live with it. actual consequences. There's Did no you... windows. Oops. Oh, oh, our bad. That makes me think, I don't know if it was in, just in the UK, but there, there was this show I used to watch when I was a kid and it was like, it was like these, so these, a family would agree that these people could, do over the house right yeah. but the kids were the ones that made the decisions oh so the God. parents had to leave <laughs> oh. they learned and then the kids made the decision about what they wanted and so there was one it was like the kids were like yeah i want like a fireman pole and like all this stuff so they like they like did like a fireman right. pole like, in the middle of the house and i'm like do these Why parents come back i know and come back and just be like what the hell have we done? <laughs> like we have to undo this all. <laughs> Do you have to pay for it as well? Yeah, I uh, know. I, well, I imagine. I imagine no. the thing is that the show would pay, right? Oh. Like, okay. you know. That's but then, the so maybe you'd have to like kind of, you know, kind of make Coach sure your, your kids. Children. Yeah, did something that you wanted, but the kids, they're kids, right? So obviously, they're gonna also be like, I also want this. <laughs> I think if we learn, if we've learned one thing tonight, it's that every reality show is just the grown-up place. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just like people envisioning how their life could be if they were either a child or a child that was an adult or or yeah. whatever. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, this has been a lot of fun. That's all we have time for tonight. Uh, thank you, Amy, Santa, and Hannah, all for being on the show. Thank you, thank so you for thank you for doing it twice. Yeah, uh, yeah sure. we, have, we have now spent uh, <laughs> probably almost three hours, uh, <laughs> and Amy and I have spent like six hours uh, getting this episode and the previous episode together. So oh. I really appreciate you all being here again. Uh, that's all for some good friends for another week. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next time. Bye. 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 Those were friends, good friends of mine. I talked to. Them.